Yeah. Uh. Look. Machine back, tell them niggas the king back. Let you niggas eat long enough. Now I want my thing back. Lean back truck, I'm in the back seat, seat, lean back. Check Faye, we here, we here with two additions to the group. Who we got? Who our guest? Which one y'all wanna go first? Let me holler. Uh, it's Ryan, uh, <laughs> aka Ryan Cole from Lakers Twitter, uh, NBA Twitter, whatever from Twitter Lakers you call it. We finna dive deep. Lakers Twitter, NBA Twitter. You know, professionally, you know, um, I work at the Athletic and content programming. If you want to get my credentials, but you're happy to be here. Can you hey, get football? Oh we gonna dive into that. Wait, so hey, quick question. Me. I'm gonna ask both y'all this question real quick though. Ryan, if you play football, what position are you playing? Offense and defense. Defense. What position are you playing? Nickel. Oh, Nickel offense. What you playing? <laughs> Ryan said he can cover. <laughs> if 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 I'm on offense, you, I might have to be a scat bag. You might you might have to Darren Sproles me or something. Wait 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 wait. Uh oh, Trevor, about to challenge my football knowledge. Is this? We no 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 no. I'm not. No, trust me, I'm not. Ryan, there's nothing that you've ever shown us. For us to even think that you are even like remotely athletic, so like I have to know like like what have your feet done in this life for you to think you can play nickel? <laughs> what is going on? I ran track all the way. What is that? that? That means what? You said my feet, so I was just talking speed. Look, now I'm not a football player. I'm not. I'm just saying if I had to have a position based off size and frame, I'm not going to be out here in the trenches. So I'm gonna have to be covering the little guys, you know. No, nah, real six, quick though, I that's mean, actually to, real quick. Why you pick guys? nickel and not corner? Okay, okay. Uh, Cam, well, yeah. real quick, let them know your Twitter. I guess Lakers Twitter as well. I don't know. I don't Drake, know. If I'm Cam is Drake Twitter. Lakers Twitter. I'm I'm kind of everywhere, but at Cameron underscore Hey on Twitter, y'all probably didn't see me with the lead and everything. Work at Fox Sports editorial. Uh, programming for the digital site and the app and everything like that. So. Yeah, and if I had to play football, I, I learned early on that, that that sport was not for me, bro. Trust me. I went to practice when I was like eight years old and got hit, and I was like, this shit not the way for me for sure. But if so, I had to play a position, I'm not going to be on defense. I already know that much. If I don't <laughs> get hit, I'm definitely not going to be trying to hit people. So I'm going to be playing wide receiver or something on offense maybe. Just try to get me in some space. Get me as close to the sideline as possible so I can run out of bounds, and then we good, bro. So even now, when Cam, you um, hold on, go ahead. Trey. Now, Cam, you and I, as you know, a couple about a month ago, you and I, we did play a game of a pickup basketball together. You yes. and I a little bit, you know. And I, I need to know because you said you want to play a receiver. Like, what athletically are you bringing to the table to have have this idea? <laughs> Bro, trust me. I don't play. I didn't play football, bro. So you asking me to to yeah, prove my athletic? This is the yeah, hardest so sport to play, damn bro. So, like, I'm, I'm just asking because I mean, like, the thing is, we're gonna have to use you to the best of your ability. Like, like, do you have an ability to to beat people at the three receiver? Like, do it like this. Do it like this. Cam, which oh, receiver strong. would you? Who do you think you were close? Who oh, would you emulate the closest? <laughs> nah, I'm gonna just break trail question down, make it easy. This for is crazy. Is you a D Hop, a Landry, a Beckham, a, a, a Larry Fitzgerald type of guy? I'm a, <laughs> out of that group of receivers, if I had to pick one, no, anybody in the league, be as yeah, I'll say anybody. Can. Yeah, who you? you Let's just go out of that group. Let's just go ahead and make it easy. Out of that group, no, the no. least 
athletic and fast one is Jarvis Landry. So I would okay. definitely be him out of that group. And he's like damn near a slot receiver. So that's that's who I would be like. So are you saying that you have a great – you saying that you think you can run some Trav routes? has an agenda to get off. I'm asking <laughs> a question, bro. I, I want to catch me off guard. Do I have so. a great release? Like, I'll never play football. Yeah, I asked him what, what position would they play. Jarvis Landry runs some great routes, bro. Like, so, like, what do you feel? That means Cam saying his change of direction must be crazy. So, He'll look. direction. Obviously, let's get an elite is y'all here? Game together. Let's get an elite seven on seven game, and we can find it's all. It's gonna be very top heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, as y'all hear from their bios, we got two two guys who are pretty big in social media, and they both work for mainstream medium companies. So that's definitely our topic for the day. We're gonna cover the main differences between NBA and NFL Twitter, both on social media and in the mainstream. How they portray themselves portray themselves and how they get portrayed but first i still want to ask a couple more questions about our guest i'm not gonna murder him like trev because there's no need to but um, bring it what drew y'all to the media world like why did y'all you feel me what made y'all commercially i want y'all to answer this in both ways like both of y'all work for fox and athletic what drew y'all that route and made y'all say i want to do it on twitter too or did it come at the same time or separately so for me um when i was in college like, I just wanted to do something that I liked. Where did you go I to school? I, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I forgot to, uh, those credentials as well. Uh, shout out USC, uh, Pac-12. You know, Trevor Trout, we in here. Gang, gang. Run with the winners. Run with the winners. Run with the winners, you know. Trojans forever, Trojans for life. But, yeah, when I went to school, man, you know, I realized real early on, I'm not trying to do this school thing, like, if it's not something I'm definitely invested in. And so for me, I knew I, I love sports. And, you know, back when I was like in college, I'm acting like this shit was like 20 years ago. Um, you know, careers in media and sports specifically were not really like there wasn't a real path like to how you do that. And so for me, it started off with like radio, you know, producing radio shows and having my own radio show as a host and interning at radio stations and little things like that. And, and then, yeah, yeah, that, that was definitely a tough it was a tough entryway into the uh, the field. But then, you know, as social media expanded, I think that offered a lot of different ways that you can do it, you know. And so for me, um, I use social media to my advantage to grow, quote unquote, a brand, to, you know, grow a voice and, to, you know, make my presence felt on these many platforms. And everything happened from there for me, just basically off social media. OK, Cam. Yeah. So for me, I went to Loyola University in New Orleans. And so. I went into school actually wanting to be a sports journalist. I thought that's what I was going to do for a living, cover the NBA or something like that. And as time progressed, like probably around my sophomore year of college, I kind of realized like I was a little bit more enamored with, not enamored, but I didn't want to just limit my scope to strictly sports. Like I was writing like album reviews and stuff like that for my own blog that I had up at the time. And that blog ended up having a few stories that caught traction, which ended up leading to me interning at Complex when I graduated from college. And so I knew like Ryan, the same way, social media was like a huge tool for me in particular, Twitter, just sharing my work, getting people to like tap in and then building my own like following and group of like people who really support me. And that carried me to getting the internship at Complex and after that, I, I freelanced that complex for, for a while. And I don't even, I couldn't even tell you how I ended up at Fox to be 100 with you, man. Like, like 
I applied for I applied for the job, the position I have. I applied for it, and they actually hit me back like May two thousand and nineteen. I was here in St. Louis. My little sister was graduating from high school, and they wanted me to come in and like I did an over the phone interview, and they were trying to like hire me immediately, like after that, like they were like, "Yo, can you get in?" Like within the next right. two days to do an in person, and then if you killed in person will hire you and i was like i can't because my sister's about to graduate high school so and i wasn't gonna miss it so it was just one of the things i had to pass on at the time but like like three four months later i guess the position either wasn't filled or it opened back up and they still have my resume on file and everything and so they called me back i came in for the in-person interview um with this guy named andrew lynch and when i did the interview in person and everything they ended up giving me the position. And so now I basically have been part of them building out an editorial team that you see all of the editorial work on the website, the app, the program, that's con the content programming for it, helping work in conjunction with our social media teams like NFL on Fox, um, MLB on Fox, like yep. college football, all that. Like I'm like a utility guy pretty much at, at Fox. I'm not going to lie to you. So yeah, I'm they, tracking. I've been able to like bring my social media expertise as well as my writing background to help like build out what we've been able to build over the last probably calendar year with launching the app and completely redesigning the Fox Sports website. Trevor, I never asked you um what why you love the media so much. What made you dive into a total trouble? We never, <laughs> some we of never really got a background on how what drew you to it because I I know you personally, so I know there's been. Something you've been wanting to do since high school, but like, what really? What is it? Is on him, you know this. No, that's really not. Like, that's not. I mean, you was there, you know. You know what my lunch breaks consisted of. Y'all have lunch. I'm finna go in my corner. I'm finna go watch TV. I'll see y'all boys when I'm done. That's really weird. I mean, ain't that nothing. Really weird. I'm oh, cause I, cause I wanted to go watch TV. I'm sorry, bro. If these herd segments was fire. That's what I'm finna go watch, bro. <laughs> I'll see y'all later on, bro. Like, we're going to see each other on the weekend. You know what I'm saying? Like so, me, V, like, I know that when you get done with your NFL career, one of the things that you definitely wouldn't mind doing is hopping into the media world. Why do you want to go that route? Um, Biggest part for me was I don't feel like everybody in media knows what they're talking about. So, like, I mean, I send an interview after a game or after practice, and, you know, people think that they think I'm the stupid one or that they are smarter than me or know exactly what happened on this play. And it's like yeah. we were in a totally different coverage. That wasn't his man. It was the D this D-line did this, linebacker did that. So, like, just honestly, that's what really drew me to it. And I realized that I could speak pretty well, and I, I like talking about sports and football mainly. So I was like, why not do that? And that's why I have a political science degree and media studies yeah. and all that but that's so you're not gonna be a shannon sharp and like switch to lebron james i mean basketball all the time <laughs> no i see i i mean i want i have the ability to do it all but since i'm really passionate about football i'd rather yeah. do football and even if i want to do like color commentary throughout the game because like, i'm watching tony roman and call out plays the, yeah, do the same thing you yeah. don't see that often we don't see that often. it's always nfl live but i feel like if you really hands-on while the game's playing i feel like that's something i really want to that's do different. so that's why it's funny you say that v because folks try to act like i mean yeah bro like calling games is hard especially color bro i just saw Keith just roll off his couch and say hey let me go and be better than these dudes for about 17 weeks and he did was better than almost everybody so like i'm watching these games like i hear folks like 
you know, I'm not even finna like say who be saying, but like folks are like, man, I hate when Tony. I mean, well, not with Tony, but when uh, with Troy Aikman calling these games, I'm like, Troy really be telling y'all what's going on in the game. Y'all hate this dude. Like for what? Like is it because he's been doing it for 20 years? Like Troy Aikman really be bro. Is he Tony Romo? No. But like Troy Aikman really be calling out some of these plays. He'll be like, here's a backside three receiver, three by one look, yada yada yada. He gives it to y'all as simply as you possibly can. Y'all fans hate it. And y'all don't be knowing what the hell he talking about. And that stuff be amazing as hell to me. <laughs> so you got that. Okay. And here's another thing, bro. Here's another thing. Yeah, bro. Because no, because we finna talk no, about it. We potted. I, I actually here, don't know how we got here. That's no, for sure. Okay, cool. Then we finna do it. Yeah, we so I'll see this, bro, and this is what happened on the beat. How are you finna ask a player how a thing works, and then we tells you that's not how it works? He's saying, "Hey, this person talk like no, they did not tell you that. This is they run a base three four. This is this, and then the other." I'm like, that doesn't mean you know what type of blocks he's getting. So if you go to a press conference, you say, "Uh, you should have made." Do you think that he should like? No, because the way you asking this question is not relevant to what happened in the play. Like, if you finna look at me, you finna say, hey, it was third down, and y'all ran a pressure in the A-gap, and this guy didn't get there. Do you think this and then the other? Do you think your head coach or your coordinator didn't do it? I'm like, no, bro. It was third down. They had a better protection. Guys didn't get there. There's nothing else for us to talk about. And, Verón, you've been in these press conferences, so you know exactly what I'm saying, bro. And the thing is, they'll hit you up after the game like, hey, man, like, I didn't mean to – come off this way, but I just really thought, and it's like, here's the thing, you explain it to them, do you tell them what's going on, because you want to be a nice guy. Like, I'm going to tell you from the player's standpoint, Verone wants to be a nice guy to those people, because they take care of him, and he takes care of him, them the same way, you know what I'm saying? It's the hand in hand. Control it all. And, and I feel like, yes, bro. To, to add on to that, I feel like, it, we were talking about this the other day at the facility, and just how, like, we got to kind of train more guys for it because due to kind of my upbringing and my background, I'm able to go speak to the media and understand how to either block those questions or defer them to other things where you're not putting your teammates under the bus. You're not throwing coaches under the bus. And I feel like not everybody's good up there. Some people will be up there uh, stuttering, not really knowing what they're talking about. And it's feel like it's not on just, it's on everybody. Like we need to incorporate that within the classroom. You want people to go to class all right, here's a class where we're going to help you with speaking to the media, how to answer questions, how to not go up there and just stutter the whole time and be able to basically be intelligent and understand the question and spew it out. So Y'all be trapping these kids in the questions y'all know they can't answer. And like, <laughs> no, y'all really they do it bro. to the pros, too. They do it to the pros. Then they get said, the what did like, your coach call that coverage at this time in the game? Yeah. I mean, I don't and, know. Because you know you, you know he's going to answer this question, bro. And it's like, Why'd you do that, fam? You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, when you can't get into the facility next week, you want to be mad at somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, Can I take a moment to, to just clear up that me and Rye are not beat writers? Not reporters. No, reporters. Oh, y'all not. Y'all not. So we, so we, we are not the ones asking these questions, trapping right. these <laughs> oh, Yeah, I mean, so actually, just, I actually yeah. want to ask y'all, too. I want to ask y'all. So... Is this something that y'all see is also a big issue in NBA, or does the NBA media handle this differently? Or even NCAA. I don't know if y'all follow NCAA basketball a ton, but... I do, definitely. I definitely think it's an issue for sure in sports as a whole. I think, you know... Honestly, I think just in media in general. Like, we, we even see in film where there'll be an actor up there. He'll be called a different actor, 
than he is. And like, they'll be asked a question that has nothing to do at all with whatever movie they were filmed in. So when it comes to sports and specifically on the NBA side, I feel there's a disconnect between what players actually know what's happening in real time and actual live game action. And then truly like what a reporter or a writer is actually seeing and that disconnect. And I think on the NFL side, that probably is magnified by a thousand because the game is completely different and honestly harder, I would say to follow yeah, and harder to actually way more in depth. So I can definitely understand from a player standpoint where it's like concepts that they're studying daily and weekly that they're going over repeatedly and then some person thinks they can just hop in in a booth, watch 60 minutes of it and think that they can give you a full fledged analysis of like what happened when you live this and you breathed it seven days a week. So, yeah, I think it's definitely an well, issue right now. Well, I think it's so different with the NFL and NBA media in terms of covering it. It's like in the NFL, Hello, Trevor, you can only because I'm going to just ask a question Ooh. that everybody could go. But you could keep going. Um, so I'm about to ask all of y'all off the dome. Just tell me the main differences between the two groups. Like you don't even have to go into depth because we're gonna do that. But off the dome, just let me know the two, like not the two, but the main differences between NBA and NFL um, media. And this is on social media, well, mostly social media. And then we could just start with Trez since he was already digging into something. And then we're gonna let y'all slide through. Well, I'll say with the NFL is the reason I come. NFL isn't covered that way. It's because this is the one sport, North American sport, where truly the people cover it three-fourths out of time. They really may not know what's going on. So, like, you have to report by fact. If you say something wrong, NFL dudes and people covered have no problem calling you in. That's the real part. The thing with you covering the NBA is that the NBA, covering the NBA is so relationship-based. It's not necessarily – like, the reporting's always going to be good, but the reporting's always good because it's easier to – make sure that something's true always. So even if you have an opinion, you have enough information to justify. You know what I'm saying? Like, the NFL, if somebody gives you, like, a tidbit or whatever, like a player or something from a coach or whatever, it's something very, very minor. But the thing is about the NFL is the NFL is a really in-house league. Like, and you know how this goes around. We walk in this room, there's 100 of us. We a family with goes in here, stays in here. And we're not finna go run it back and tell some of these dudes when somebody get pissed off. You feel what I'm saying? You go to the we're room, not finna run it back and tell them. That's a golden rule. In the meetings and locker rooms, doesn't come, it doesn't get out to the public. It doesn't get out to the media. Injuries, uh, any type of any beef that happened at practice, any of that does not get out. It stays within we the not, bro. And even if it is, like, the reporter's not going to report it because they want to still have a job. Like, that's just what it is. Like, that's me telling the God honest truth. In the NBA, bro, Dog, you can write a story about something happening in the NBA team, and you can dead not be in media. Like, no cap. Because players be so mad about what's going on, what they be seeing. This is the God on the truth. They have no problem going on Twitter and hitting somebody, and he's going, hey, bro, I see this and the other. Yeah, this is happening. This is telling the truth. Bro, if the NFL, bro, you'll get cut like that. Like, real talk, hey, you will get cut, bro. <laughs> so, Rob, what do you think the main – off the dome, what do you think the main differences are? I'd say NBA Twitter is more like a, a melting pot of hot takes. And it's really sometimes it's not even really about what's happening in the actual game. It's just like allegiances and sides just going at it, truly, in my opinion. So it's the LeBron stands to the degree. It's like Steph Curry and Warriors fans, and they're just going at it. And it's more, I feel, pride and just trash talk and banter as opposed to just like what truly is happening. And I think that's because the NBA – has become a player's league where fans are 
more hyped about players than they are actually about their teams. Where with I feel on NFL Twitter, it's the Shield, it's you know the Cowboys, it's you know the Patriots. And while there are players that I think people are huge fans of, I think the NFL as a league and as a brand, people are drawn toward teams, and, and because it's, yeah. it's obviously it's a much bigger team sport. The NBA, it's more focused on players. Yeah, and I think that in the NFL you don't see as much player movement as far as them having control over where they go per se. Like it's a lot harder for guys to leave a franchise on their own accord than it is in the NBA. So you get a lot more team centric fan fandom than player fandom. But I think the biggest difference in NBA and NFL media is at least in my opinion, I feel like the NFL media players and reporters all around, I think they focus more on the actual game and what is going on, whereas in NBA media, you get a lot of narrative-based content or stuff that might not even be relevant to what is going on on the court. Um, And I think that that is the main difference. That's the biggest disconnect. I think in in NFL media, like Trev talks about it all the time, JT, V, y'all talk about it all the time, like guys like Marcus Spears or Ryan Clark or these type of people, they really get up there on TV, on ESPN every day, or Dan Orlovsky, and they really break down the game. And they show they they don't just show you what's going on, but they help explain what it is yeah. that's going on. I feel like mm-hmm. I, I actually learn more about the game right. on a day-to-day basis when I watch NFL Live, whereas when you see guys talk about the NBA on ESPN or wherever it might be. Tim, Tim, Legler, Tim Legler got the 2 a.m. slot yeah, on, that's not, on Sports Center. That's their most brilliant, like, mind as far as breaking down the game and he's on sports center at one in the morning but yeah. during the day you don't get any of that same type of analysis or anything close to that and i think that's the biggest difference where the nfl really focuses on the game the nba focuses on everything surrounding the game or outside of the actual game and one thing rod touched on was the the hot tech culture that goes on with NBA yeah. twitter when did y'all has this always been a thing like seasons and seasons on end or when did this become you feel me when did this shift kind of start happening when, more when lebron went to miami i think yeah. i think that's when it started because truly in my opinion truly in my <laughs> truly in my opinion it became people were more consumed with where players are going with free agency with quote-unquote decisions and i think that started becoming what nba fans were more enticed about than actually what was happening because of that it created this culture of like super teams and you know ring counting and ring chasing and narratives like and narratives are things are very strong i feel in the nba landscape whereas nfl obviously it's viewed winning is viewed very much in the prism of team because one person can't impact winning so much in the nfl i know we see tom brady think he can do that but it's still always going to be determined largely by a team where whereas in the nba it always feels like one player can change the whole landscape of the league and because of that Fans go crazy, you know, over players. And so, yeah. But I would say LeBron, he probably, you know, was the the engine that started that back when he made the decision to go to Miami. 100%. And then if we look at Twitter accounts like Total Trial Move and others, <laughs> they kind of, they're kind of ran. Speaking like of the guard. Not specifically, but if I watch some of these sports shows, I personally, I feel like a lot of the topics or a lot of the rundowns, Mm-hmm. Are exactly what I'm reading on Twitter. There, yeah. it seems like Twitter is really goes right in a lot of these shows. Especially, mm-hmm. it really seemed like the show is either talking about Twitter, was trending on Twitter, 
or LeBron James. Like there is there really is some good content that really is either breaking down a team, what's going on with the team, um, in depth, and I'm talking like players who aren't on a big stage all the time. Because like even within the NFL, they could be talking about a player that's hot that week, and he might not have the hugest name, but if he's having a good week, they're going to talk about him. On NBA, you got guys who's having a great week or even a great month, and it's like, nope, let's talk about LeBron or let's talk about what's been discussed on Twitter. How do y'all feel let's, about that? You ain't heard nothing about Terry Rozier all season for yeah. the Charlotte yeah. Hornets, and he having a career. I'm going to hold you, though. That's TV, though. And, like, I mean, I know y'all want to, like, that's just television. That's just how it works. I mean, even Nick Wright said it, like, y'all choose as fans what y'all want to hear about. I mean, if you cared about what Terry Rozier did, we would talk about him. Y'all don't care. I think, I think that so feeds like, into, like, the point, though. I think that feeds into the point because, like, I think what that says then is that NBA fans in some capacity don't necessarily care about what's going on on the actual court. They're caring about what Paul Pierce is doing on IG Live. They're caring about, you know, you know what what KD is, is is saying on Twitter. You know, who is he yeah. going back and forth with? They're caring about what LeBron is about to post after a game on Instagram. Like, I think those things are more enticing. And it's weird because you can maybe, you can chalk that sometimes to generation about this generation of fan where like, they're more consumed by the media and social media as opposed to like X's and O's that happen on a, on a day in day out basis on the game in the game. And it's just weird because like with the NFL, you know, we see Odell, you know, and other people like go hard on social media to like build brands and to build personalities and to be at the forefront of like having brands, but it still does not move the needle. Like Alonzo ball on social media for relative to the NBA, like, the NBA can turn average players, start, social media can turn average NBA players into stars. And, you know, you know, star NFL players won't get the exact same attention, in my opinion. It's just crazy how social media has changed the NBA from, my opinion, you know, a game that was uh, national to some degree to global. I think social media helped the NBA a lot in that space. For so sure. are we going to have the, the big tech ruined sports conversation today? No. If you could. Kind of keep it all right. Size. Rock quiet. Sum it up. Rock quiet over there. Rock quiet. <laughs> Rob was over there pressing on grades about 15 minutes ago. Rock quiet right now. So no, no, let's really lock in, right? I'm not let's saying that. About. I don't think social media um, ruins sports. I just think that it 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 changed the way that fans consume, and it changed the way that fans have made it clear to us what they want to hear and they uh, want they want to see people talk about. I think you brought up a good point when you said, I think Nick Wright, fans, the TV show runs downs are dictated by what fans ultimately tune into. But I think JT also made a point is that a lot of these rundowns are produced by and large from Twitter. It's you know, an endless I think loop. It's, a loop. it's an endless I think, loop. I think if the shows brought the topics, then Twitter will talk about it. Just like every I day know. I scroll on Twitter, I see a, a clip of Max Kellerman. If Max Kellerman switched the topic, his clip is still going to be posted on Twitter, and now that just changes the whole topic instead of it's just an endless loop of the same content, same content. I think somebody got to break the cycle, and it's not going to be there, Twitter. But there's a reason. Yeah, well, there's a reason, though. I mean, I would say, like, from the business side, how come, you know, ESPN said, hey, let's cut down, like, $20 million on our talent button because there's something free. <laughs> but it's the truth, though. No, that was a good. It's the truth. It, like, no, there's something free we have where we don't have to. 
you don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> like, you can stay at the crib. Real talk. I mean, look, we can tell the, I'm tell, this is the God honest truth. Like, when folks say, hey, we don't we don't ever run our story on what's going on on Twitter, I've seen way too many times now where that's actually, there's no way that's possibly true at all whatsoever. It's not true. It's not true, bro. <laughs> like, we can't tell that lie anymore. What's going on on social, what people are talking about, it's pretty much what runs the next day. It's what runs the next day. Yeah, you'll have some things sprinkled in, like, oh, there's a seating and this, whatever. But what are y'all talking about? There's no easier way to find out what you're talking about than going on my phone. So we're going to have a team of 10, 12 people. Their entire job, they have entirely different algorithms from everybody else's. Let's see what you can find. We're going to throw them into the Slack today. We're going to see what is the number one story, second story, the third story. So then when someone says, I do this, I work, I'm like, you can't tell me that you're that much different from me. We are all doing the same thing. Whether you like it or not, we are doing the same thing. Now, Rod, you can argue against that. I'm waiting on you. You've been really quiet over there. Well, no, I think that with respect to the – and this is – my counter would be with the NFL, I don't see that. With NFL coverage, I don't see, you know, p- uh, producers or shows going to a timeline to figure out what their audience needs to hear or what they want to feel like there is, will be good for the audience to know about. I feel like the NFL, because it's a truly one of the few, like, seasonal sports where – I think, whereas I think the NBA has proved that to some degree it's year round with how fans consume it. The NFL, obviously you have from, I want to say April, you know, that's the, the draft. And then once the season kicks around in September, it's full go. But you really have to lock in truly on like week to week as well. It's only, it's less games. There's fewer opportunities for you to truly consume it. I think that's also why an emphasis maybe is placed on actual game coverage and what's happening week to week. Whereas the NBA, 82 games a day, I mean, 82 games a season, 30 teams, it's so many games in and out that, you know, as a fan, there is maybe, there might, might be some burnout. And because of that, you got to go beyond the X's and O's in the NBA. That's what and I, I actually, I think I was actually going to touch on the next is how I think the NFL being seasonal helps them with content. Cause as a, as a, um, as a person who receives the content, it's a lot easier when there is, like for the offseason, there is a real offseason. So now those sports can actually talk about a certain franchise for a week. They could really break down, let's just say Aaron Rodgers, for example. Aaron Rodgers keeps saying he wants to get traded. NFL could really talk about that trade in depth, talk about each team that he could possibly go to, talk about the change that he will have to each specific franchise without feeling rushed to talk about a different topic. When you go to NBA, there's so many games they keep playing. So many things change. You got, um, you got like the play-in. You got the playoff bracket that's already set. You got all these different things. You got people returning from injuries and stuff like that to where they can't even spend a lot of time on one topic because they got to get to the next, get to the next, get to the next. And I think the NFL does a great job of breaking all of that up. And even to what you just said, I think when you talk about how player movement is discussed in the NFL versus the NBA, if the NBA is just always constant, in my opinion, like where's such and such going? You know, who would be a good fit? You got these kids that are 23 on restricted contracts, and we're already talking about 2020, whatever, when they're going to be free agents. Whereas with the NFL, yeah, 2022, it, I read that. Right. Whereas with, with the NFL, like we're talking about with, within the context of Aaron Rodgers, it's like, all right, what team puts him in the best chance to legitimately contend? And like, you know, the reasons why that is. And versus the NBA, it's just like this culture of where do we want to see our favorite players go versus like actually on the, court like how this all impacts and translates and how it makes sense 
And that's what I'm what I was talking about and tapping into earlier, where I think, you know, high tech culture uh, paired with, you know, the heightened player movement in the 2010s completely changed the discourse of how people consume NBA content on a weekly basis. And I think that has become what people are more enticed with than actually on the court. What happens? Well, I'll say with the NFL, it's like you were talking about earlier how the NBA being year round and then just certain things you can hit on, you just know where to move. But I will say the NFL does have those things. So you always know the Cowboys are going to move. You can go with the Cowboys all year long. You can go with the Giants all year long. Go with Tom Brady all year long. Wearing Rodgers all year long. And then if a coach gets fired, that's a place where you get to go cook or whatever. I mean, like, you know, I can't say that that doesn't happen with NFL media. Like we were talking about earlier, yeah, NFL media is taken a little bit more seriously, but they have their way of doing stuff just like we do. That's all I was saying. When I say stuff like I'll say, like, hey, NFL Live might be the best sports program on television. Is that really dead? The only, I feel like, the only program left like that. Like, I grew up watching an NFL Live type program. Like, Sports Center, you get the Sports Center like before like 2008. <laughs> That's really what almost every show was like watching NFL. Oh, JT, like, oh, true, you know, bro, we watch sports. Don't, don't do this. <laughs> no, I know, like, I know we do. That's I really when you really that's, be like, yes, bro, because that's how. Like, back in two thousand two, I love it. That's <laughs> how those programs were, though, bro. Like when you look the way Sports Center was set up, like Sports Center used to be about football. Sports Center was football. You went to ESPN for football. Then the thing changed because of social. And the thing with social was like it was easier because there was a there was a time where it was really hard. It's it just even got a little bit more lax where you can even get NFL content on social. And they just kind of laxed that up like two years ago. So you were just getting just flat NBA stuff, old NBA stuff for like about three and a half, four years, and then what do you know? Here we are for this reason. So it's more of like an action reaction stuff. I can't say the NFL media hasn't done that. Because they um, another thing I wanted to talk about was, um, of course, with basketball, you got the EYBL, and then football, so the closest we had, what, V, was 707 Pylon. Like, we didn't play full football games all year round, as y'all know. And one thing we see that I feel like, well, I'm going to ask y'all if y'all think it helps, if it benefits or harms the kids the most, is um, we see a lot of crazy expectations placed on these young kids. I know that Trevor Trout was calling that kid um, Bates. Oh, uh, Trevor Trout, yeah. He, yeah. A few people. <laughs> a few pe- it was a lot of people who. It was a lot. And that's just one, for example. It happens to a lot of kids where it's some expectation, bro. It's next some expectation that are nuts. 15. And it seemed like the only benefit these grown men get is three years from now to be able to say, oh, I caught that. Oh, I, I said that. Like, there is no, you gain nothing from saying he is that good or he's going to be the next so-and-so, so-and-so, except I called it. How do y'all feel about, like, why did that, why is that such a big thing? Like, why are guys doing that? Why are guys taking so much pride in being able to take a 13, 14, 15-year-old kid and saying he's the next KD, he's the next AD, he's the next such-and-such great? They're not well, even comparing well, to why. players. They're going to straight legends. Well, like, see. what are we doing? Watch, Because right? folks are getting jobs. Off that? Thing that was, yes. What, what job title is this? NBA jobs. They just, they never look like me. But people are getting jobs. <clears throat> oh, are, are, are we going to go there? Are we not going to go there? No, wanna... I, need, I need answers on what job. Like, what is your job that you could gain? Because there, there was a long period of time of dudes who didn't know they were talking about 
that were getting bags off that. So now folks who are seeing that they can get a bag off that, they're doing it. Because I will tell you right now, like, there are going to be people who are the, the people you're talking about right now, the whole yada, 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 hey, they're saying this person going to be this. They're getting NBA jobs, whether they should what, or what should not be getting NBA, NBA jobs. jobs. Like, what is it? They're, what are you like, doing for NBA scout, franchise? Oh, okay. Working in scouting, analytic stuff, yada, yada, this and then the other. And just like being able to have those type of evals documented, it's worth something. I can say it is. Like, for, for, for being right on a 13-year-old? Because right. you got to wait seven, eight years for that team. To right. Know. Right. Damn, for a 15 bro. Like for a 15 year career, here's the thing, bro. When them dudes end up being pros, the thing is, like, when you have a good evaluation, you say, okay, this thing happened because this and that. Other, here's the thing there are folks who are who get it wrong, it happens. There's a lot of dudes getting it right. There's a lot of dudes getting it right. But the thing is, though, we never go like we go on Twitter, we say we put this type of pressure. Like, you would never go and tell Eric Bosey, hey, bro, you put a lot of pressure on him by saying that he's the best prospect you've seen since LeBron James. Because if he's been evaluating doing this job, that's what he thinks. He's allowed to write that. So hold up, is, yeah. I'm gonna ask you this right at the XB. So V, coming out, clearly you ended up at Oregon, so it's not like you needed a lot of help coming out of high school. But do you think the pylon 707 um, circuit could have benefited by having more media there or more presence? On social media to discuss what's going on in them tournaments or what? What do you think? I feel like it's it's good. The media presence is there, but I also feel like people do they do certain things in these circuits to be on social media. Like I feel like it's it's not about getting offers and all that all the time. Now I feel like it's more like what's gonna what am I gonna be able to do to blow up social media? So like you yeah. have the kid talking to Cam, talking to Cam Newton crazy. You got people right. pulling out phones. Oh, you got. You got people going full on holding. It's not even a jam, yeah. quick jam, none of that. Full on holding, grabbing, tackling. So I feel like media is good, but at the same time, it's like these. Some it's not even the media. Sometimes the kids they want to do it, and I think the media feeds into it as well. Like, oh, this kid's locked down just because he went and held somebody and threw the kid to the ground. But it's really like you can't do that in the game. So I here's feel the thing: like it's worse. It's worse. Yeah, than I, had a, I had a specific question for you, actually. What's good? So you coming out of high school, you was top. What were you? you was top three hundred. What were you? For a while, I was number one DT coming out. You remember I got hurt. I think I dropped to what like Big like fifteen. Big shot. So about? do you That's think? No, I know that was a question. So um, yeah. do you think social media benefited you in any way, or was it strictly of what they saw in the film? I think I think it did because you know, like I was pretty good at this. I'll tell you right now, like because all the former dudes who was. In college, they had to cover me. Like, they all got big jobs now, so I know all them. So, I mean, like, I had to report everybody for one. And two, my situation was different because, I mean, like, Gary picked off me when I was 14 years old. So, like, I can't right. compare my recruiting and everybody else's. But, you know, with me, like, I ran my stuff online. But the thing, though, with football is there's not much – there's not a lot of money being thrown around in football. And big tech doesn't play a big a big spot in football. Too. That's what I'm saying. Like social media more so helps football recruiting because it's easier to contact players now. But no coach is ever going, no, hey, I just saw this this thirty second cut up and like, hey, I want this kid, like I need to go see what the word is. That's so different because that's happening in basketball. Yeah. You said Gary offered you at fourteen. V when was your first offer? I guess I was fourteen. Freshman, freshman year. So uh, yeah, freshman year. Did both of y'all both of y'all posted all their offers? 
Yeah, yeah, because that was the thing. That was. I was gonna say. Thing. So if y'all didn't post a single offer, do y'all think they would have kept rolling that as fast? Or, of like, course. Just say I mean, you, no, no. It's right. it's that affecting in general. Whenever somebody sees that this school offer you another school, it's gonna keep going, and you want to be that's able to keep game, building man. that social media and getting the fan bases and getting all that. A lot of people. That's this issue. A lot of people use social media to play the game. They want the. Yep. They want these views. They want these followers. So they're gonna they're gonna keep delaying. This. They may be silently committed. That's. They may be signing committed for three months, and not even you may not even know it. They gonna keep posting these offers, keep being like wearing these gloves from different schools to be like, oh, yeah. where he gonna go? Like, oh, fans, I'm finna like, oh, I'm going to Oregon. Doug fans, where y'all at? Boom, trying to get followers. Oh my so, god, Doug fans, like, yeah, that is people will post, people will post That's like, so oh, I'm visiting such and such. Would not even offer or like had a great time in my visit. Second. Wait a second, B, because we we gotta also put everything in context and why that was different. Because Kansas posting offers, because the thing is, like, that was that era of, you know, folks just throwing around verbals on Twitter. And you remember that. So, like, 100 kids was getting offered. You're not going to see every single one. And we weren't going there to see how many people got offered in our same position. So you get to, like, later in that year. And, bro, because think about it, bro. There wasn't really a bunch of 40 offer kids like that before our time where it's like unless you was a foster you just weren't running around with 40 offers like even if you was a high high recruit you only maybe had maybe 15 you feel what i'm saying oh, because man. bro How you can't to the nitty-gritty you can't recruit 100 kids so we talking about the pressure and stuff like that's what i'm saying football is completely different the difference with basketball and people say we're putting pressure on this and then the other and that's a lot of stuff i think in the basketball community i'm going to say Low key, when you really look get into the specifics of it, that's very dumb for these particular reasons. It's the same pressure that we're talking about. We're putting too much pressure on a kid. Y'all say that when that kid doesn't perform. Y'all don't say that when he's signing for $500,000. Okay, Y'all so don't do that. I can so, honestly say I've seen comparisons to some ridiculous names. I've never seen one of these kids go to the NBA and say, oh, yeah, he is literally – the next KD, like they say, he is the next LeBron. He is the next Kyrie. So, first of all, I don't think that's true. Of course, if they're good, they're good, but they're not the next, whoever they was projected to be. That's cool. But I'm telling you this, though. That same stuff, whether they end up being it or not, is getting kids some money. Cam, like, you bro, want to say something? I was going to say, like, how often do guys even live up to that billing is the real question. Like, I remember – Jabari right. Parker and Andrew Wiggins were both supposed to be the best prospects since LeBron James. Yeah. Neither one became that. Like Imani Bates is now the new next best prospect since LeBron, and we it, it remains. They to be already saying, but they already putting some like, dents in his case. You yeah, know, for how so, good he's going to be. Like it's crazy. I think with football, I think it's a lot harder to place those type of expectations on a player because I think the route to the NFL alone is harder than the route to yep. the NBA. Like the NBA, you can get an NBA after one year of, of college. And you don't even have to like be the best of the best in your one year mm-hmm. in college and basketball to get drafted in the lottery or even the first round. Whereas the NFL, you have to really have like basically two to three years of, of quality film, film. Yeah. on on mm-hmm. on tape for you to even get drafted. That's like, and for you to be a first-round pick, you have to really be, like, the best of the best. So I don't think it's, it's possible for you to come out and say, 
a wide receiver in eighth grade is going to be the next Randy Moss or something like that. I just don't know if it's quite possible. And it, it shouldn't be happening in basketball either, but I just think there's way too many variables and way too much time between when a, a 14, 15-year-old can actually reach the NFL than when a 14, 15-year-old can reach the NBA. That 14, 15-year-old can reach the NBA realistically in the next three to four years. That 14 or 15-year-old probably isn't getting to the NFL for another seven years. Like yeah, we just heard it with Dylan Moses. He ended up there's exactly. a small there's a small number of dudes, but here's the thing though: Dylan Moses just got hurt. Like, but that's, that's the, the thing. thing with the NFL. Like, you getting hurt. But the thing with Dylan Moses though, still going. Dylan Moses still t- he gonna put a helmet on, bro. Like, there's, there's a big difference between see. putting a helmet on and getting drafted. Yeah, fam. According but, to the magazines, you the best. I'm like this: if you make it to that, like, look. Green, you know the same thing. There are some dudes, bro, when you see in person, they just, you know, you're, they're going to be clear cut pros in football. You don't say that with even the best dude. There's some dudes just come across where you just, you look at him and you see the school he's going to, you're like, he's going to play on a Sunday somewhere. Not sure how long, but he's going to play. Like, when I saw Alex Leatherwood, I said, he's going to be a pro. When I saw JT, he's going to be a pro. Trevor Lawrence, he's going to be a pro. We were 15. Yeah. No, 14. Like some stuff, bro, it's just written with some dudes. No, but it's a difference between like, a guy is gonna be a pro and yeah. out and saying he's gonna be the next people yeah, people yeah. don't really say, Oh, he's going to the, they they're going to this. So uh, one question I have for uh Ryan Cam, consider y'all have quite a big following and NBA Twitter and a big presence is when people Sometimes y'all guilty to this, especially Ryan Cole. He gets kind of Cam is a great guy. Ryan is kind of nitty gritty with it. Um, we see times where let's just say we compare players. Let's just say, for example, LeBron and, and Steph. Mm-hmm. I know that in football, if I'm if I'm let's just say if I'm comparing DeAndre Hopkins with Devontae Adams, I'm gonna say Devontae Adams is a lot better at running routes, but I could really trust D Hop on going on top of somebody. At no point did I say. No, D Hop, hella trash. That he trashes hell. Devontae Adams is the best because it is. Why is it that right. it hoops? A lot of y'all feel the need to go straight to no, that guy sucks. He's not good. He's a coward. He has zero rings. Just to lift your guy up. Instead of really, I really don't even see the skills that y'all telling me that this guy has. On it though. I think you really just touched on it with that rings part, bro. Like I think that's, that's really, all it comes down to. That's what it comes down to in NBA. Like at some point. I don't even know if it started with LeBron in 2011. I think that's when the hot take culture like started in the NBA. But I kind of like for sure. Yeah, it was before that when rings somewhere along the line became the end all be all Count for, the rings. for conversation. And like how you just compared two wide receivers. You were like how you would say Adams is the better route runner, but D Hop, you can trust him to go up over the top and, and bring the ball in if it's thrown in his vicinity. You can't even compare Stephen Curry and LeBron like realistically on the court. But they exactly but they yeah. do, but they do exactly. exactly. And, but and that's the thing. thing. And this yeah. is also because social media is doing this positionless basketball talk. I know. I just saw. <laughs> apparently, allegedly, I don't. I no longer know what position Kyrie Irving plays. If you ask me, I'm gonna say a point guard. But like now, I guess he's a, a point a forward guard. guard. Combo <laughs> running back, like what are we doing? Like, why did one? Why did basketball win, and why did it become so positionless? And then so, look how this is affecting comparisons. And to me, that when the positionless discussion also is why I think when people get in their feelings, when we actually start comparing a Steph and LeBron, 
we we hold true to this whole basketball's position list that the game is played, you know, from the three-point line and in now. And when we start to talk about, well, LeBron 6'9", can handle the rock, can, you know, get into the paint, can dish better than anyone, can defend at an elite level, he just does things better on the, on the basketball court than Stephen Curry, period. And to me, in my opinion, that makes him, like, just at a, another level of player then, you know, that's when it becomes an, an, a numbers and analytics game when we go into true shooting percentage and effective field goal percentage and net ratings and all this other kind of stuff. And we're getting away from actually, like, when we look on the court and see, like, what LeBron brings to the table versus what Steph brings to the table, one just clearly does – yeah, one just clearly does way more at a higher level. And we get away from that in basketball too often. And, you know, it gets turned into, like, a, a, a numbers and analytics discussion – Versus like how you just simply broke it down with, with two receivers. You know, one's a better route runner. The other is better at going over the top. We never really keep it in those prisms of player discourse in the NBA. It's, well, did you see his averages? You know, yeah, in the straight numbers. I don't, I don't really read skills anymore. I read <laughs> or, percentages yeah. and, 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 I think if, and stat yeah. sheets and synergy leaks. Football is way, way more eye test based in my opinion because – it's a lot harder for you to accumulate your numbers. If you're not playing in the right system or your quarterback is hurt, or if you're yeah. running back and you're playing behind a terrible line or something or like if that. if you do run this great route but don't get the ball. Exactly. Right like There's a chance. You, it's too many variables that go into play for a player in the NFL, a skill position player, anybody to really accumulate stats. So it goes into you have to really know what you're looking at on a play-by-play basis. And in the NBA, you can really – control what your own numbers are going to be and like what is going what what your production is and so that's why i think the nfl like what jt just did with the two wide receivers is perfect like you have to actually know what you're looking at like with the nfl like i feel like the nba the numbers can tell you 70 percent of the story and then you can fill in the blank with whatever your own biases are for the the next 30 percent whereas right. the nfl the numbers don't tell the full story it's guys in the league who putting up damn near 2,000 yards receiving or something who don't get mentioned amongst the top five wide receivers amongst his own peers or something like that per se. Like, yeah. And then there's guys who might get barely 1,000 or 1,100 yards who you can ask every defensive back in the league or anything like that, and they'll tell you that's, this is one of the five best receivers in the entire league. Like, It really is different. It's completely different than the NBA for real in that aspect. And then Cam, I know that you personally, I know following you on Instagram, I see that you, um, you, I don't know if you follow him exactly, but I know that you, you clearly see what a lot of um athletes post on social media. I see you reposting Stefan Diggs and then Kyle Kuzma and then like guys like that. You got, uh, how do you think, what do you think the main differences are between NFL and NBA players on how they portray themselves on Twitter? I mean, on social media, like Instagram as a whole, like I know Verone. I don't want to put you on blast, so I'm not going to say the name of it. But, for example, <laughs> he got a whole separate page where he really just get in his bag and post, like, his fits or things that he does on his free time and, like, a bunch of random stuff like that. Right. That's Diggs. And then if I go to his real – yeah, I see Diggs got it. And then if I go to his real page, of course, there's a, a couple of fits sprinkled in there. And I guess Trev didn't take this route because he don't be getting fits off. But – um. <laughs> His page is a lot more bat, a lot more football, but at the same time, you're not playing in an Oregon uniform all year round, or even playing contact football. So, what do y'all think the main differences are and how they portray themselves? Well, of course, I think NBA players are just more visible, like basketball players. Period. Yeah. Like you can, they don't have a helmet on, and so 
you're going to see it's easier for them to market themselves, period, because you, you're going to see them, it, their faces when they're at work. NFL guys like Stephon Diggs, perfect example, like we were talking about, like people might not know who he is under the helmet or the uniform. And I think that his Instagram accounts, both of them allow for you to see his personality more that you might not necessarily be able to see on the field, his face, what he's about everything like that. I think NFL players get to use their social media or use their social media accounts as a chance to, to, to build their brand in a way that NBA players might not necessarily need to, because you can see them. You can directly see who they are. You know, who they are. I also think because basketball, they play more consistent. So like yeah. every time they go to the arena, they always try, you know what I'm saying? They get a fit off, but like yeah. you playing on either Monday, Thursday or Sunday, so when you go in, it's like you get this one fit off, and then for the most part, you got all these practices, all this time. So like, I feel like that's why you normally get the fit picks more in the summertime when guys are in off season for football and in basketball. Guys is always always getting dressed, always oh we're going to eat here or about to go to the game. They're walking in the tunnel like here. So I, I feel like that's probably why you get the biggest difference. Actually, besides Cam, why don't we see a lot of NFL players taking pictures on their way to the stadium, getting them fits off? I think it's like when you, the culture of how fashion has been, you know, immersed in sports. I think the NBA was probably like, you know, the, the main one for a period of time because it, it used to be a thing like the dress code and how the NBA made restrictions, you know, back in the 2000s on what players were wearing. And then I guess like as that happened, you know, players start to try to style themselves and, and pay put a little more attention to detail to what they're actually wearing. The NFL, I think, like you said, for us, Cam definitely was the first that like embraced the quote unquote Russell Westbrook style of fashion, which is like an extreme. And and I think that when you look at the NBA at, at large now, there's like 12 Russell Westbrooks, you know, and he used to be the main guy. Now there's like 10 guys like Shea Gilgis Alexander. He's one. And then Jordan Clarkson, another one. It's a Coos. bunch of guys now. Coos is another one. It's a bunch of guys now that are like basically so it's weirdly a competition within a competition now. Like, who yeah. wants to get the craziest fit off, you know, in the NBA? Whereas in the NFL, it's like Cam is in a league of his own and does his own thing by himself, really. <laughs> it's mainly, I feel like, I don't know. It's just, and then it's just kind of that that stereotype in the league. Like, you're trying to be hard. You're, trying, you're about to go and hit somebody. It's a physical, yeah. aggressive sport. So they're not going to really wear things that are a little whatever controversial or a little like, oh, why is he wearing that or something compared to somebody like Russell Westbrook who's like, why not? Just comes on whatever. I feel like this is the one thing uh, y'all could correct me if I'm wrong about this. Y'all play football, y'all in it. But I also feel like a guy in NFL, I feel like they can likely get penalized by like the media or get a bad (laughs) rap. It's like, yo, this guy is more focused on his outfits or he this and that and not football like i can see guys being called like labeled divas or so boom that was actually that was my next question uh what do y'all think the main differences are and how the media portray these athletes like like y'all say when russ get these west when westbrook get these fits off it's kind of like and then when cam getting them off it's like what the hell is cam wearing they could be wearing the same exact fit but like it goes hand in hand if they if they already somewhat don't like you or yeah. think on the field you're not you're underperforming. Then I mean, it's literally Cam Newton and Russell Westbrook are almost the same. I think they're two guys, ballers, probably Hall of Famers, do things different. Cam got the hats with the crazy hair. Russell got the crazy fits. He be throwing on 
anything really, but they're guys who like, let's say they have a really good game. Oh, they're on top of the world. Like Russia's got the triple double. Cam Newton was had an MVP type of year a couple years ago, but boom, you have a year like he had last year for Cam Newton. It's like Cam Newton's terrible. He's art. He's cooked. Same with Russ. Russ isn't performing as well. He needs to go sit down. Why did they trade him again? Like all of these things. So I feel like you go hand in hand. Yeah, even with the the player movement, the way the NBA, like I know, I knew exactly what was going on according to the media with James Harden, step by step by step by step. And then you got you got a guy like Diggs who was traded to Buffalo, and it's like I ain't really. You ain't heard nothing about. He I heard he was leaving. I heard he was there. It wasn't no microscope placed on him, man. It's not like he was a scrub. He was a top receiver. But he not moving. Yeah, but he not moving the needle like James Harden though. So even if you pick a different player, like pick Aaron Rodgers and pick the way that Aaron Rodgers is trying to get out of Green Bay and the the, the ways that he's trying to position himself to facilitate that. Um and he not saying it nicely. Like he's 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 right. doing like, it pretty in comparison he's doing it just to like James. other guys. Yeah, like in comparison both of them to James, said, I'm ready to yeah. go, get me out of here. And one yeah, of them is like, Oh, where are we placing the darling at next? Let's get him in San Fran instead of Oh, why is he doing franchise? Like he's doing it so wrong. He why is he acting like a a hole? All oh, this and such and such and such. Let's be like Aaron. It's just that simple. It really is, and it can be. I, I believe. I like it can be that simple. Yeah, people don't like Harden. People don't like his style of play. People think he he another person who gets this this bad rap for postseason. So he's already a lightning rod, and so now this guy he ain't he hasn't gotten to the finals for the Rockets. Now you want to get traded? He asking out like. They've given him, quote-unquote, everything that he could have asked for to this point. Like, that's the difference. Like, there's a little bit of sympathy that goes around Aaron Rodgers. And I'm not saying it isn't earned, but, like, y'all see the, the narrative about how the Packers haven't drafted a running back or a receiver Ooh. in round one, like, since he's been a starter. <laughs> so there's, like, peop there's like a built-in type of understanding for why he could want out. Like, they drafted a quarterback a year ago, and then he wins MVP. And now, like, they, it's this contract talks. Like, there, it's a difference. Rodgers is more beloved than than James Harden is, and he has more people willing to sympathize with his his position than with James Harden. Football fans are funny because when football, you got to die for that franchise first before you being allowed to leave. But they be like, "Hey, you got to go get popped a couple times before we finna finna let you slide." Up you talking here. free agency yeah. or you talking trade? I'm talking trades, all of them. Because, you know, we <laughs> yeah, saw Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey got traded, right? Or did he walk? Yeah, he got traded. Got traded. You know, the Rams sent him I'll say that's di Yeah, I'll say that's different, though. Jalen Ramsey was a very different, very, very different situation. And it was like, money. I'm not going to get into all that. It wasn't even just about money, though. I'm not going to get into all that, but it wasn't just about money. But with with the NFL, you know, like, bro, if imagine if, like, coming off. Is there a reason why you won't get into it? Is Trevor reporter yeah. now? Okay. Yeah. All right, carry on. Bro, fam, you stop. Look, if Julio Jones, <laughs> yeah. Jones came off an 1,800-yard season, he came off a Super Bowl, and he came out, he said, hey, bro, Matt Ryan's ass, I want out. Bro, folks are talking. Uh, oh, I didn't bro. hear people talk much about um, Odell. When Odell went to the Browns, it was like, okay, he played for the Browns in there. It wasn't. That's different. He didn't, want to, he, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't want to get traded either. He didn't want to get traded either for the most part. But he knew he was going to have to get paid, bro. Like, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, Cam, I know that because I know that you're in our football, one of our football group chats. I don't know about Ra, are you familiar with PFF? Pro Football Focus? Yeah. 
You like that? You you like that? <laughs> I mean, if we be honest, Ron Connor. Did I Ron miss something? Hold on. Did I miss something? <laughs> no. I'm just, you said about familiar with PFF. I'm like, is the perception Bro, really that like. Ryan oh, let's hear the perception. Hold on, let's hear the perception. What's the no, perception? Is the, per- is the perception that the NBA guys just don't know anything about like analysis about football? Bro, I actually don't think y'all have any football content on your timeline. I feel like if I logged in on your really? Twitter, it is Lakers, Steph, wow. Lakers, That's Steph, KD, Bands, Cam, Lakers. <laughs> like, it's, it's pretty nasty over there. It's funny it's because like, I- like my- <laughs> That's hilarious because like for me, my first <laughs> actual like experience in my field was like i hit up you know ryan abraham at usc he's like one of the usc um dot com owners i think i know that like guy. That, I I yeah know I, that. that's how i got my first experience covering sports through through football and so i'm familiar with you know the sport you know obviously from like a basic fan level um i wouldn't say in terms of like deep rooted analysis yeah, and I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no i'm not that level yet but i i do my best to try to educate myself and and, and get better you know, so, as like years go on. Yeah. When you see PFF content, is this something mm-hmm. that you like? Like, do you say, oh, that's a good post? Or do you do you feel like, cause I know, I'll just go out there and say, I feel like PFF is everything I dislike about NBA Twitter being brought into my football <laughs> world. And it's actually pretty nasty. But, Rod, what do you think? As a person who enjoys NBA Twitter, you, you dock a nasty amount of hours on there. I'm do you do you see those? Do you see their content and say, "Oh, that's a good stat." Oh, wow! I never like. What type of info do you gain from them as a casual viewer who doesn't really know their spec? Clearly, doesn't understand the game at a on a deep so, level. So yeah, for me, like I think sometimes they definitely like are getting, going a bit over the top to like create stats and create information that I don't think is necessary for me as like the general football fan. I don't need to know big throw rate you know, for a quarterback or something like that. I don't need to know that, you know, yeah. and, and things like that. Like for me, I, I, I enjoy the person on Twitter who's going to give you the all 22 and then just show you something and explain to you what happened, you know, versus like giving me these random numbers and random, you know, stats that I've never heard of to like describe why this person is better than that person. So I try my best when I'm consuming football content to see who can actually break it down like you know, I love people who do threads of actual film and yeah, show you like shout out to Crack, look, man. Crack yeah, like look at man. this, look at that, and you know, because th- that's so, for me is like how I try to grow as a as a person who can see. Wait a second. Content. Wait a second. Did Rod just attack big tech for being big tech? Oh no, I didn't oh. I don't think I attacked. Wait a second, wait a second. You don't think you did, but you're talking about people. You really, oh, really I did? did. You did. Oh, really? I wasn't gonna but Trev caught. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. Well, tell me tell me how I that, that's that's how they're getting these numbers. That's how they're getting these are stats. We talk, are they're... we talking about are we talking about reaching for engagement in quote tweets? Oh, oh. <laughs> well, is that, is, is that not what you said? Oh are we sure? Because that's that's the only reason you would reach for a great looking tweet that hey, man. really ranks a lot of things. Because really, it boils down to let me rank these guys so you could quote my tweet and say this ranking is great, this ranking is trash. Why do you have player number hey, three man. above player number four and so hey. on? That's really all it's boiling down to on both sides, and it's good and bad sometimes. Like I know that check fade, we do our rankings, but we don't. I'm not about to sit here and say according to the stats, this guy's better than this guy. I'm gonna say, look, Jay Taylor six thinks that DeAndre Hopkins is the best receiver in the NFL. I'm not about to tell you how many yards he had last year. I don't care. I know that he gonna catch this ball. He gonna run his route better than player B. Or like for me, just like, like I can be off when I'm saying this. Like when I think 
like when they talk about quarterbacks that are making like throws under pressure, like do that, does that factor contextually like a quarterback's offensive line? Like yeah. you're evaluating a quarterback who's playing behind some shit and you're measuring him making uh, pressure throws against quarterbacks that have strong offensive lines. Like that for me is like where it's weird, you know, sometimes you like the context does isn't across the board. Like if you give them the same line, the same weapons, the same, you know, running back behind them, the same scheme and coaching, do they scheme. all perform? Scheme. Do they all yeah. do they nah, all that's, that's valid. I think I think so so let's stick with scheme. I want to ask both of y'all this. Would y'all compare Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara? No. I think they're two different type of running backs. Well, Beautiful. I do. Beautiful. And do you think they're two different type of running backs because that's just how they play, or is it do you think it's mostly scheme? I think or it's do you both. think the scheme came after? I think it's both. I think Derrick mm-hmm. Henry, like for me, when I think of Alvin Kamara, I think like his versatility is that he can literally be a receiver. You can motion him out, and he he can run routes for you. Um, I think his quickness is and hit just also their build. Like Derrick Henry's a six three, two ten, you know, bruiser that you know you can oh, give that, the ball that, to. That brother about two thirty, but keep going. Two thirty, what? But like they're just completely different different yeah. types of, of of running backs to me. So I think like you have to scheme differently for them. You know, I think Kamara. I don't, on, on most cases, like you're not if, if you're um if you need seven yards in the in the goal line, you're not gonna just hand it to him. In my opinion, to Alvin Kamara and say go give me that seven, and they're the the defensive front is jumbled and bunched waiting for you. With Derrick Henry, it's like all right, we got a Mack truck behind us, let's go run through him. So, so now yeah. if I should have ranked your the top five running backs in the NFL, how much of a weight does this game have? Because let's just say. I just say both of them had a best career of best uh, career. best season of their career, but mm-hmm. Alvin might have had a, such a great career because of what they let him do out of the backfield as far as catching, swing pads, and so on. But that, uh, mm-hmm. Henry had two thousand yards, so both of them having great seasons. Do you think? Okay, so Alvin didn't have two thousand rushing yards, so he didn't even have as good of a season. Yeah, I think that's where to me, like, and I think like obviously, I think objectively, the NFL is turn into more of a passing game. And so I think, like, not to devalue, like, what Derrick Henry does, I think the running, yeah, running backs, backs matter. Come on, man. Yeah, not yeah, not to devalue what Derrick Henry does. Like, the thing that he brings to the table, I think he can't, like, neither can do what the other is great at, in my opinion. Like, you can't ask Alvin to go out there and rush for 2,000 yards, in my opinion. And I think you can't ask Derrick to go catch 4,000. I think maybe, I mean, it would, it would be some force feeding for Derrick to be able to do that. But I think Alvin seamlessly could do that and can rush for 700 to a thousand as well. Cam, um, does running backs matter? Uh, 100% think they, they matter. have to. I've been you a both, Cowboys fan? Yeah, I'm a Cowboys fan. And then, like, yeah, you my still think running backs matter 100%. Like, because I watched those, I watched their first three seasons when yeah, Dak and, and, and Zeke, when Dak and Zeke were, were there, the first two or three seasons, and when they were winning the division and making the playoffs, Zeke was clearly their best player. Like, mm-hmm. so. But I, I rock with them, and I also rock with the um, the Cleveland Browns. And I think yeah, you'd be hard pressed to convince me that they don't Chubb, Chubb. that they're the same team without Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt back there. Like I don't think you can just plug in any running back and get the same production that Nick Chubb gives them. So I actually follow another Cowboys fan. I don't know why I follow him, but <laughs> he's actually a basketball guy by nature. But um, he. Again, both of y'all Cowboys fans, both of y'all saw the seasons that Zeke has given y'all, yet one of them is screaming, 
Running backs don't matter. Get rid of him. Don't pay him. Just I, put it in. I think I know who this is. And we got Cam, <laughs> who's like, no, what are you talking about? Wow. First of all, I don't even know when this happened. I don't know, like, when it became such a popular trend to just say, don't pay him nothing. And I don't really know why. But what do you It's like, think? it's the equipment. It's like, I think it's the equivalent of, like, what they tried to do with the center in basketball. And it, everything becomes a spreadsheet in terms of Did it work? Trying, to, to ter- trying to determine what value. You know, Did it how work you team it didn't because to be honest, like we in NBA, we've seen that dominant bigs and dominant wings have always been, you know, what's worked and what mattered. The Lakers last year won by and large because they were just bigger than everyone. So I think with the running back, it comes down to I think obviously people who like to play spreadsheets with football and play this whole like NFL uh Madden GM mode, you know, where you know you have to build a team under a salary cap. And, you know, obviously you think, well, you need a good line, you need a good quarterback. And then when you start trying to chip away at like what you quote unquote do or don't need, people then point to the running back as like, you know, the thing that's expendable because their shelf, the shelf life of their peak is shorter than that of the other positions. It's not fair. Yeah, at all. Caps and yeah. We, salary cap is a the, the Rams are proven that. Now, also, like when you talked about running backs matter, I think for me as a Rams fan, like that was the easiest revelation in why when they were elite in that 2018 season and when they fell off offensively, Todd Gurley, his drop off in health and production tailored with golf regressing and the entire offense falling flat. Yeah. The offense regressed completely and it, it, it completely changed the framework because they didn't have a running game and they drafted a, a, the first position they drafted Literally the year they cut Gurley was a running back. And I, I don't think that was by coincidence because they knew that they had to get their running game together. They're also soft on defense. I'm glad you're here so you can hear that to your face. Oh, my God. We, uh, we about to bring back the Rams, Cam, and uh, debate, you know, about the actually We actually dished you a lot last season. We dished you a lot. What made the Rams an elite defense? You all said a lot of Cam, I think you said it too. That was Cam. Ry, you didn't come on now. You both of y'all was. Yeah, I mean, I was saying that we were a top defense. I didn't say that. No, we no, 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 no. You no, said no, elite, no, no, no. and then we had to said, break I down. The Rams, I said the Rams were elite last year. I'm not gonna lie. I said they were elite. Yeah. Crazy as hell. But, I said uh, they were elite because I felt they were they were playing the the like some of the most consistent ball throughout the regular season last year, and I thought the combination of having arguably the best cornerback in the NFL and the best interior defensive lineman or pass rusher, whatever you want to classify Aaron Donald as. I thought both of those pieces combined with their overall like level of play as a unit throughout the regular season showed that they were an elite defense in the 2020 NFL season. That was my thought process. Well, Ryan had, Cole he, lost me. Ryan, Ryan Cole had a week where he was talking about Aaron Donald. He talked about Aaron Donald as if he was like playing at a basketball game. And dude said, well, if he's taking up two or three guys, they just freeze up everybody else. And that's literally, that's just not how it works. Like, the way you said it and the way you no, thought think, it came up, what? What are you laughing I, for? Don't. No, what I was talking about, I'm imagining what I was talking about is when you're looking at how he's uh, being blocked. And I was just saying, like, how he takes. How is he being blocked, right? I'm saying sometimes teams are literally, there's three or four guys he sees in front of him when he's trying to pass rush. Or even, you know, um, 
there's three or three or four guys in front of him sometimes. That's more so what I was saying. But to me, that's I had always true. well, I'm just saying that's what that's what I said. Whether or not it's true, I'm just saying that's what I said. Okay. Um, but to me, I I maintained that I felt the Rams had a very good secondary. I thought that they were also weak at their linebacking position. I've been saying that since like 2017. Like they haven't had good linebackers. And I don't know how long they haven't had since I've, I've been rooting for them. I know that. And then obviously on their front, it's Aaron Donald. And then, you know, they've had a couple of guys have some good years, you know, beside him, but like nobody that's ever been consistent. So like you have Dante Fowler who has a great year, but, and you have um, Leonard Floyd who also has a great year, but like nobody that's been consistently there, you know, that's been also, you know, at least very, very good alongside him. So yeah. So why is he? Why, why were they elite though? That's what I'm asking. Well, because I felt that they were uh, they were good in the secondary, which I think is always valuable in the NFL when you can cover. And then you know Aaron Donald, by nature of just being Aaron Donald, he always makes sure that you have a solid you know defensive uh, pass rush. And so like they were they, they were elite in my opinion in the secondary, and then they were good in their pass rush. They were just bad at linebacker. I thought they were a top five defense. I didn't think they were the best defense. Yeah, I had them top five as well last year. That's why. That's what I said. I said top five. That's what I said. I think elite is top. Yeah, like yeah. See, but see, y'all, y'all throw out that around that elite. Once term. we broke it down, once we broke it down, we was able to get a discussion. Most arguments stem from two people having two different definitions <laughs> of a term. Um, so we did our fair share of. I'm not gonna say negative. I'm not gonna say bashing. But we talked about the media in a different way. Um, mm-hmm. What are some of the good that you guys think the media brings to the table? Um, one of the main reasons I wanted to get into the media space was storytelling. And I think that if – I think that's a strong point that the media has. I think they're able to connect fans to players or coaches or anything surrounding a particular sport and tell a story in depth about a particular player or a team that the fans might be interested in or might not even know. So I definitely think the media helps in that – particular instance and that's the main reason i wanted to get into the media is there anybody you see who does a better job than others at storytelling just because i personally i actually i don't think i've seen that with basketball i see i could find i could do it with football a lot but i don't know who do you who do you look to if you want to know something a lot about a player or a franchise or a coach where do you or even where do you find this good storytelling I think for the athletic, if the athletic in particular, I think Sam Hammock. I, I, I was about to say I didn't want to do a shameless plug. Yeah, I, mean, you know. I think if you're going, you're going anywhere for storytelling, that's probably the best place at this point. How uh, much they cost? Right now we got you for the dollar subscription. You know, it's a special we're doing, so a dollar subscription, you can get it, all the access you want. I think I'm getting hit for like five, bro, because I've been subscribed well, for a minute. <laughs> like, yeah, you, got, you got it years ago. You know, we had yeah. the pandemic special, you know, the one dollar. <laughs> yeah. Five I'm gonna month, stick to but... elite media group. Wow, what you think? What's the good that y'all bring? I mean, what's the good that the media brings? I mean, I do, I will echo with Cam. I do like the um the athletic as well, but I do I, what I've enjoyed, you know, <laughs> lately. What, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not gonna go with propaganda. Propaganda. What I've enjoyed lately, over the last you know decade, is player-led platforms that have just emerged within the space of media with players now saying, you know what. We're going to control the narrative. We're going to control our voice. We're going to control our content. So when you see I am athlete break into the mold and that's great content to me that I enjoy because that's something that no writer, no journalist, no reporter can give, you know, when they're sitting down together as former players, it's raw. 
like like you said. And so or when I look at um, all the smoke or the shop, you know, any of these player led platforms, I think that's been phenomenal for me as a fan because it's something new, refreshing and different that I don't think a reporter or a writer can offer. And that's how I think, you know, their space, the athlete space in this game has been firmly planted, you know, in their you know, in these spaces that they control. Yeah, I I know. So you said I am athlete. One thing that I actually enjoy a lot is um a lot of players have their own YouTube channels, and I I really enjoy them. Like one player who I didn't know I would enjoy watching on YouTube is um Dennis Dennis Schroeder Schroeder. What up yeah. for the late? Bro, his twi- his YouTube guys. I'm like, hey, this dude kind of interesting, bro. He doesn't speak English on there. I'll be reading subtitles, but it's good. Tyler Cook got a good one. Um, things like that. Um, Trevor, what's new for Elite and Cam and Rod? What can we expect? Man, I'm not. I'm not sure, man. Like we kind of suck, bro. Like, you know, like we have a bunch of nobodies, like Rod Cole, Cameron Hay, Jared Taylor, me. I'm a nobody. I don't even. Ron is a nobody. I know, man. We just gotta keep on grinding because we some bums, bro. Like, you know, we gotta keep working. You know what I'm saying? We see. Shout out to Coach Reed. That was. Shout out to Coach Reed. I'm not yeah. giving a shout out to Shopping. <laughs> he went to a MCC. Bro, party. what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Nah, I just play. I just play. Shout out to the coach on the comment. Right. Um, nah, I actually don't have another question for you. I'll talk to you next football season. Was there anything else y'all wanted to discuss before we wrapped it up? Make sure y'all get me and Cam back during the actual season so we can talk some shit for real. You know? Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. Nah, for real. Break it down for y'all. No. I want to come back on here during the season, bro. I got talk my, talk. Let me talk my – I got agendas to, to push. You know, y'all want to – So, y'all actually, to so look, look, look. <laughs> we gave Cam quarterbacks last season. Right. If we let you rank – Cam, you did quarterbacks, right? Or did yeah, I did quarterbacks. Season? I did before the season and the midseason and then in the season. Rod, what position group do you think you can handle? You're on mute. If you, get, if you, gave, if like you gave me the same as Cam, I same thing. I'd be comfortable. You know, quarterbacks, you know, running backs. But you know me, like, um, which, whichever one, man. I'll do whatever. If, if you want to throw me an easy bone, yeah, just give me the easy bone now. Right, I'm going to do a quick sample size. We're going to get you out of here. Who, what was the top three running backs last season? Who you got? Uh, Derrick Henry, number one. Um, honestly, I think the names that we talked about, I mean, well, Kamara was hurt for a little bit too, though. Derrick Henry, it's, and also a couple of guys were definitely hurt. McCaffrey was hurt. Zeke was hurt. A lot of guys I, I like. Talk about healthy players. I'd go Henry. I'd go. There's one name that if you don't say it, you're not coming on a pod. So let's, <laughs> let's hear the last two. You said there's one name that I don't yeah, say. Yeah, I, I need to hear it. So let's hear the last two. Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb. Can I say Chubb? He was hurt say too. What, say what you want to say. I wanted to say <laughs> Chubb. Who the third one? Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb. Um, I mean. <laughs> Come on, bro. Bruh. I was gonna say Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, but the thing is, like the names I want to say, like I want to oh say Zeke, God. I want to say, I want to say I'm Christian McCaffrey. Bro, what I three players had the best season? What you, who you got, Derrick, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook. There we go, Dalvin okay. Cook, Dalvin Ryan Cole, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. And then, Damn. like, just because I, I do value, I like. It don't a back- even matter because you said Dalvin Cook. That's all yeah. I needed. I was gonna say you could say Kamara or you could say you could say Nick Chubb as well. I wouldn't be right. Mad. Who are your quarterbacks? Who am I? And then, oh, I got one more question for you, and then we go. The best quarterback is A.A. Ron to me, and then, you know, you got Mahomes. Okay. 
mean, no, Brady, no, people want to throw. No, I mean, Mahomes is lazy. Mahomes is lazy. No, I'm just fine. I'm just fine. So, Ryan, before we get everybody out of here, real quick, Matt Stafford, are you yes, happy sir. with him on your franchise? Are you happier than you was with Jared Goff? I am happier than I was with Jared Goff, but like, um, oh, there's a but. No, when I say but, like, I, I'm I'm a bit weary of like how the expectations are going to go now that the Rams are like world beaters, and to me, it's like I don't think court, while quarterback I think is need was needed to have an upgrade. I don't think that's going to be what takes the Rams from good team to like oh they definitely should be coming out the NFC now. That's just me. I don't think quarterback's the main thing that they needed to upgrade primarily, you know, but. Stafford is a good upgrade. I think he has the chance of, you know, breaking from like the guy who played in Detroit was pretty much looked over in his whole career to a guy that people are going to see on primetime TV games every other week now. So you I think he's going to be. Game? Oh, you look I'm, I'm out. I mean, I live in the Bay, but I'm going to fly down for a bit, man. You know? Sound good. Hey, check Faye. We out. Peace. We got one more episode. Appreciate y'all.